You're listening to The Gary Harris Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for The Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Show this TGIF edition for Friday, January 12, 2024. I'm your host, Gary Harris. I got my main man, Justice Jones, Justin Jones. I have just wanted to call you Justice lately. I guess you're, I guess you're serving out a lot of justice lately. Well, you know what it is, is because we've been talking a lot of Justice Haynes. That's, that's probably that's what kind it of is. when I started yeah. noticing it. Justin Jones is uh, doing all the heavy lifting there in the control room. Taking your phone calls on the First Domain Condominiums hotline in the first hour, the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline in hour number two, 205-342-9904. And I'll go ahead and tell you, we're guest-free in this first hour, so we're going to have plenty of time for phone calls here on the program. This hour of the Gary Harris Show, brought to you as always by my good friends at Alabama Credit Union, Steve Swafford, the CEO, and some of the folks at the Credit Union. I had dinner with them last night. Uh, following the early news over at Billy's, uh, good to hang out with those guys and uh, visit with them. Just an incredible group of people at Alabama Credit Union, man. They do it right. If you're not a member of the Alabama Credit Union, you're really missing a great opportunity to maximize your financial future. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, man, it's it's like a family at the credit union. And uh, you're a member. You're not just a customer. You can find out more at alabamacu.com. That's alabamacu.com. Or get by and see them at one of the many locations. I think they have 34 locations maybe around the state. Uh, a bunch of them right here in West Alabama. Tuscaloosa is the hub, <clears throat> the home uh, base for Alabama Credit Union. So it's a great time in 2024 to become a member of Alabama Credit Union. Alabama Credit Union loans for real life. Some rules and restrictions do apply. See if you're eligible for membership. Then join today and feel good about your money. And pull extra change in your pocket. All right, here's the lineup for today. As I said, guest-free in this first hour, we're going to focus on Alabama football. What's going on? I do have some uh, pretty good intel uh, to pass along. And I've also got... Uh, some thoughts, opinions on, on where this is headed and, and why it seems, Justin, that it's a little bit sloppy. And what I mean by that is um, this does not appear to me to be a situation where Nick Saban had given people uh, notice that he was retiring. I am uh, I am believing what Coach Saban told Reese Davis yesterday when he did his first <clears throat> his first broadcast interview since his retirement. That he was at 355. He would uh, just gotten off the phone with Miss Terry and he was trying to figure out what speech was, he was going to give. I believe him. I have had some other people tell me that they don't. I've had some other people tell me that the university had some notice. Uh, I don't think that's the case. Uh, maybe he had given them an idea that he was considering this, but I don't think that he had told anybody, in my opinion, and I'll take his word for it. I don't think he had told anybody he was retiring until he walked into that room. And tell those players and coaches that he was no longer going to be the head football coach at the University of Alabama. Again, maybe he might have told uh, Greg Byrne right uh, before he did it, before he walked in the room. Because I do know, talking with some people that were in that meeting, that Greg Byrne spoke to the team as soon as Coach Saban was finished. And they gave them a timeline for hiring a new coach. But I don't think there was a lot of a lot of notice here uh, in regards to this decision. Justice, uh, Justin, this doesn't look like a situation to me where uh, <clears throat> this was already laid out. 
Uh, you know, because if it were, I just think this coaching search would have already kind of been jump started. And it looks to me like this coaching search started when Coach Saban, you know, said a couple of days ago that he was, that he was retiring. I don't see this as something they had planned out for a couple of weeks. Another thing that makes me believe that again is, is the fact that the university didn't get a statement out until two and a half hours after he told the team and the fact that there was no press conference. And for a coach of Nick Saban's stature, you would assume there would be a press conference called for him to announce to the media and to the public that he was retiring and it not just be leaked out uh, through Chris Lowe from ESPN in, in a meeting with the team. Well, and we saw yesterday Bill Belichick had a press conference. Yes, he so sure did. And he's, and he's leaving. He's not retiring. He's going to coach again. I'm pretty sure about that. In fact, speaking of Belichick, uh, it won't be Vrabel. Um, Jared Mayo, the former linebacker and assistant coach there at New England, uh, very popular with the players. He is going to take over for Bill Belichick uh, with the Patriots as the head coach there in New England. Uh, but getting back to this deal with Alabama, I also believe that um, there was a lot of interest, even though it has not been reported as, as much as other candidates. I do think there was a lot of interest in Steve Sarkeesian. And I think the fact that last night he tweeted out, you know, the, the horns up thing. Uh, I actually, I screen saved it. Hold on. I was going to tell you what time it was. Um, he tweeted out, um, Late last night, about 11, 11.32 or so, 11.30 at night, it's a great day to be a Longhorn with the horns up sign. And right above that, his wife tweeted out, all caps, Texas with the hook'em horns and a heart. Um, he got his contract done. But I think that uh, – I do think there were some talks going on there. Uh, whether or not it was he had an offer or anything like that, I don't know. But I do think there was some discussions. I know that uh, Nick Saban holds Steve Sarkeesian in very high esteem. Um, so where are we at now? Well, Justin, I think that um, it looks like reading the tea leaves to me, uh, maybe it's Kalen DeBoer, the Washington coach. He uh, was supposed to appear on a Seattle radio station this morning. He has um, he has canceled that appearance. I love him as a football coach. I love his resume. I love what he did at Washington. This is a different part of the country. And uh, he has never coached in the Southeast. And I'm not going to compare him to Brian Harson at all. Brian Harson had actually coached at Texas and at Arkansas State. But coming here in this conference to recruit is different than recruiting at Washington, recruiting at Fresno State, recruiting at Indiana, where he was an offensive coordinator, recruiting at uh, smaller schools, um, NAIA schools. So I do think he's a terrific football coach, though. I mean, I really, really do. And if, if he's the guy, obviously Mike Norvell's name is being uh, talked about as well, the Florida State coach. Uh, um, you know, I've said this before. I think I think Lane Kiffin is a brilliant coach, a brilliant coach, a football savant, one of the best play callers and offensive schemers ever. Uh, I don't think that's where Alabama's going with this. But, um, and I heard Whip and Barry saying it, you know, might not um, – happened before the weekend i still i still believe there could be some type of announcement come out today justin i i hope so and of course lane kiffin is doing his his darndest uh troll job posting pictures that he's at the airport or different uh tributes to nick saban as well an interesting thing though gary you brought up mike norvell uh, we learned yesterday or two days ago that the NCAA is leveraging some of the biggest nil fines on yeah. fsu that 
kind of adds and stirs up the pot when it talks Mike Norvell to Alabama. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, it does. Like I said, this appears to me to be a situation where, uh, yes, you know, I'm sure Greg Byrne was prepared with a list of coaches. I'm sure that, um, you know, he's doing a, a good job. But this doesn't look to me like this is a situation where they knew for a week the way I've, you know, been told by some um, that Coach Saban was going to leave. This appears to me that, yeah, maybe people might have had an idea, might have had an inkling, but I think, you know, and he might have, and I do think he probably went into Greg Byrne and told Greg Byrne before he announced it to the team so that Greg Byrne could be ready. Because I understand he only talked to the team for like a couple of minutes and, um, you know, told him that he'd made that, he didn't think he could, he could do it to the level that he had done it. And, um, you know, it felt like that was time, that meant it was time for him to stop. And he said what he said and he, he left and, and turned it over to Greg Byrne. And then Greg Byrne told the team, Hey, listen, we're going to handle this and, and we're going to have you a coach in place. And, um, you know, we're going to get a great coach and that kind of thing to kind of reassure the players. And I think Saban, you know, reassured the players, Hey man, you don't need to do anything rash. You need to, you need to hang in here. Um, so, you know, that's, that's the way kind of researching it and talking to people. I, I think that's kind of the way it went down. And I don't think that Nick Saban had any reason to lie to Reese Davis. I just don't. I mean, I've had some people tell me, well, you know, maybe he was, was fudging a little bit in regards to, um, what he told Reese Davis. That, that makes no sense. Why would Nick, Nick Saban is Nick Saban. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to, Tell a fib. He, if he, you know, is leaving. I, I think he made his final decision on what he was going to do right before he walked into that room. No, I, th- I think you're, I think you're right, Gary. Um, Reese Davis, uh, coach wouldn't have a reason to lie, like you said. He wouldn't have a reason to lie, and he goes out there with Reese Davis, very respectable university alum. I think you're right. I think you're reading it exactly right. So you know, it, it led to this uh, quick. Uh, coming together of Greg Byrne and his one-person search committee and getting on the road and trying to find a head football coach for the University of Alabama. And that's where we're at right now. You know, Greg Byrne has got a great track record for hiring coaches. He's got a great track record for doing it the way that he does it. And, uh, that's where we're at. So, all right, we're going to go ahead and, 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 uh, get to the break. I'll tell you what we've got coming up in the second hour with guests. We've got, uh, Ashley Johnson, Alabama gymnastics coach at 10 o'clock this morning as the Crimson Tide gets ready to open the home gymnastics schedule tonight. And then at 1030, we've got the Auburn Port Brett Pritchard and kind of flying under the radar, uh, Justin, with all the stuff with Alabama. And hey, listen, being the, being the second fiddle school in the state has advantages and it has disadvantages. One of the advantages is that with all this stuff happening with Alabama, it's kind of flying under the radar that, that, uh, Hugh Freeze has basically cleaned house with his coaching staff after just one season. I mean, not only both coordinators gone, Wesley McGriff gone, uh, Cadillac Williams announcing last night he's resigning. Now this morning, Zach Etheridge is resigning. I mean, it's a house cleaning down at Auburn. That's one reason I'm glad to have Brett Pritchard on at 1030. But that's kind of flying under the radar because all the focus, of course, as usual, is in Tuscaloosa. That's right. And the, and the one thing I did want to add in there, we had a lot of stuff going on in the studio in that moment. But um, the radio station where Kalen DeBoer had to cancel on this morning is tweeting that he's actually meeting with the Washington AD in person. Another piece to the puzzle as we speculate and try to find out who the next coach can be. Yeah, it, it is. So, all right, here's the deal. Uh, we'll get to the break. Phone calls were wide open. Hey, Corey, and trustful, buddy, appreciate you holding. You'll lead us off in the next segment. If you want to get in on the show, I kind of 
told you what I know about this situation. 205-342-9904 is the number to the uh, First and Main Condominiums hotline. And we'd love to hear from you. We also are going to play uh, Reese Davis, uh, ESPN College Game Day, Alabama grad, his exclusive interview with Nick Saban yesterday. We've got that audio for you. That is really the only, not really the only, it is the only broadcast interview that Nick Saban has done. Like I said, no press conference um, or anything like that. So that's been it for a, a verbal um, interview with Nick Saban. So we're going to play some of that for you. Like, Justin said, I don't know what's going on in the hallways out here. We, we apologize if, you know, we got a, in a little interrupted there. They're having a party out here or something. But we'll be back with more of the Gary Harris Show right after this. This season of Alabama football on Tide 100.9 brought to you by Birmingham Racecourse Casino. Just a few minutes away where you can be a winner, too. in Alabama. This is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Guthrie's. America's original chicken finger restaurant is now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama head football coach Nick Saban on Wednesday announced his retirement. Saban spent 28 years as a college head coach at Toledo in 1990, Michigan State from 1995 to 1999, LSU from 2000 to 2004, and here with the Crimson Tide from the year 2007 all the way through 2023. He won seven national titles in those 28 years, his first at LSU in 2003 before capturing six championships at Alabama, 2009, 2011, 2012. 2015, 2017, and 2020. I'll have more in a moment. Founded in Haleyville, Alabama in 1965 by Hal and Melissa Guthrie, Guthrie's was America's first chicken finger restaurant. Guthrie still uses the family's original southern fried chicken recipe in every chicken finger they serve, fresh, hot, and fast. Guthrie's Golden Fried Chicken Fingers has been Alabama-owned and operated for over 58 years and is still going strong. Come see us soon. Guthrie's, America's original chicken finger restaurant and now an official partner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. For franchise information, visit Guthrie'sChicken.com. We've got you covered for Alabama basketball this weekend. Join us on Saturday for the men's game at Mississippi State at 7.30 p.m. with radio coverage starting at 6.30 from Starkville. Also on Sunday, it's Alabama women's basketball at home against Arkansas. Tip-off is set for 2 p.m. with radio coverage and a courtside camp presented by NASCAR starting at 1.55 all across the network. Crimson Tide Today is brought to you by Guthrie's. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports Network from Learfield. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy and windy today. Showers and thunderstorms this morning. The storms could be strong to severe. The high 64. Clearing and much colder tonight. The low 28. For tomorrow and Sunday, the sky partially sunny both days. Highs between 44 and 47. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 58 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You see him on WVUA 23 covering sports and on Tider Insider TV on Tuesday nights. Don't miss a minute of the Gary Harris Show. Weekdays from 9 to 11 on Tide 100.9. Yeah, I tell you, we're off to a hectic start here this morning. We, we First of all, all the stuff that's going on with Alabama. 
Uh, and then you got Justin's in there talking with me on the radio. And some people busting up in the control room wanting to talk. And we're in the middle of a show. And uh, that's why we didn't get the weekend music on. It, we know this is the TGIF edition. We're going to have some fun. We're going to keep it light. And we'll get back to I don't mind the elevator rejoin music during the week. But on Fridays, by gosh, we're going to play some music around here. And uh, we'll get to that, get that crank back up. As we got to get the positive, uh, positive vibes going. And, uh, hopefully now there'll be no more interruptions to the show. Uh, all right. We got phone calls on the, uh, first of Encanto's hotline. We're going to lead off with Tom and then we'll get to Corey and Trustful and we'll have plenty of time because we don't have any guests in this first hour. Good morning, Tom. Morning, Gary. How are you? I'm, uh, trying to figure it all out and trying to follow the, you know, read the tea leaves and, and, and everything. But, uh, I'm curious if you agree with me. That, uh, yeah, there might have been, there might have been signs. He might have told people during the season that he was considering it, but I don't think he made up his mind that he was actually going to retire until he got ready to walk into that meeting and tell the team. That's my belief. What do you think? I agree with you. Uh, uh and, and, and based on some things and, uh, I don't, I don't want to go into that, but, uh, and, uh, I, I, I do want to take up something that you made a point on, and that's about the coach from Washington coming down here. Uh, I mean, what do we do? What, 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 what's our mindset here? Auburn went to North Dakota, and they got a coach, and it was a complete failure. And now we got to prove that we can do the same thing. I mean, what the crap? The guy could not recruit down here. If that should have been the first lesson you learned from Brian Harson, he's probably a good guy, probably somebody fun to talk to. I'm saying uh, the 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 leader of the Boer Wars from Washington out there is probably a good guy, probably somebody you could be friends with. But, look, let me tell you something. You're in an all-out war for football dominance down here right now, and you better freaking wake up. And, and forget about, well, we got the face of the pro. You better get a dadgum crook in there that can deal with these NILs and all this other stuff and convince people that they want to be playing football here. What the crap is going on over there? Whew. Tom. 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 Unleashed this morning. All right, let me try to decipher and process what you just said. Uh, I do have concerns about Kalen DeBoer if he is the coach. And I don't know that he's going to be, but if he is, about his ability to adjust to the recruiting in this part of the country. I do think he's a really good football coach, Tom. And first of all, Brian Harson came from Boise State, not not North Dakota or South Dakota or wherever it is. Um <laughs> I'm trying to remember everything. You just basically said it would be a horrible hire. Is that? Can I cut through all the chase comments? You think you think Kevin DeBoer would be a terrible hire? Is that what you just told me? I I, I did, and I, the reason I did was the same reason you said that <clears throat> the Southeastern Conference in the Southeastern United States is not Washington. That's that. That that's the point. That's the whole thing. That's the reason I don't think that it'll work, Gary. I mean. The guy is probably a good guy, and I, I agree with you. He's a good football coach. He just—you got to be more than just a good football coach down here. Yeah, well, I tell you what. Like I said, when they get a coach hired, and if it is Kalen DeBoer, we will certainly, um, you know, revisit this conversation. So let's let's see where it goes and where it winds up. But um, 
Yeah, I think that when, you bring, higher, when you bring a lot more timid approach than you, Tom, but I think when you bring in a coach that's coached, um, you know, at, at a small, very NAIA level, and his major college coaching experience is uh, Fresno State, Washington, and Indiana, uh, then, yeah, there, there'd be a little bit of concern about bringing this guy into the Southeastern Conference. But you know what? Nate Oates didn't have – any experience in the Southeastern Conference either or this part of the country, and he's worked out well, so we'll see. Hey, Tom, man, always enjoy hearing from you. Let's get to uh, Corey and Trustful because Corey has been on hold for quite a while. Good morning, Corey. Good morning, Gary. How are you today? Doing well. You know, when I heard the news uh, on Tuesday um, or, or, or um, Wednesday, I was um, I was surprised, but I could understand because um, I, uh, I knew Saban was getting up in age and something just seemed off like the way he was coaching it. You didn't see the passion on the sideline. You didn't see the animation. And I, and the, the, the only thing that disappointed me was that he lost his last game. He didn't go out winning his last game, but I know that's beside the point, but, um, this is this is going to be a tough pill to swallow, Gary. Because, uh, you know, for, well, especially for me, because all I've ever known is Coach Saban. You know, when I was a lot younger, I didn't I didn't grow up watching Dubose or Franchoni or Shula. I, I didn't grow up watching that because I didn't care about Alabama football at the time. And when I started watching football, was when Coach Saban was there, and he's all I've ever known. And it's going to be hard for me to adjust, but. If we can get the right coach to keep the ship afloat, I think not just for me, but for a lot of fans, it'll be a, a smoother transition. And th- that's why I think it's key to get the right coach in there. To to uh, uh, I know the expectations will, will will change as far as the the rate of winning championships, but the expectation is always there to compete <clears throat> and, and for championships and. That's that's going to be key going forward. Yeah, you know, listen, there's only one Nick Saban, just like there was only one Coach Bryant. And whoever follows Coach Saban is going to have a, a great opportunity, but at the same time a challenge. And that's just the reality of it. And, again, I, I'm, you know, trying to be as transparent as I can. <clears throat> you know, I don't know for sure that everything I'm saying is correct, but I do feel like that Nick Saban had not made up his mind that he was going to retire 100% until he walked into that room and told the team. And uh, I don't know if you want to use the, the term scrambling, but I do think that, um, you know, now UA is forced to um, find a coach immediately. That's pressure. It wasn't like there was a transition and there was a coach in waiting or, uh, you know, Coach Saban had told him going into the season this was going to be his last year. And they were already in line, had lined a coach up. This is Coach Saban. announcing his retirement on a Wednesday, and you're trying to find a coach, and you're trying to find a coach quickly. We're into January, you know? So, I, um, Corey, I am a little puzzled at the way this has happened, but at the same time, Coach Saban's got a right, if he doesn't think he can do it anymore, to to do it right now, and and we'll see what happens. So, I... I, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm still getting texts as we're talking about this guy's here and this guy's here and, and, you know, we're just going to have to kind of, kind of wait and see, Corey. Hey, great, great phone call. I got to get some more phone calls in. Good to hear from you as always. It's, uh, Tony in Birmingham, then Ken in Dallas is the lineup. Tony, good morning. Hey, bud. How are you doing? Uh, I think you know the answer to that question. Yes, I had slept uh, the last uh, couple of nights, and I'm scrambling like everybody else is, trying to stay on top of this. But if you listen to me, and I know you do, um, you I know, do. I'm going to try to stick to what I know. I'm not. I'm going to tell you what I don't know, and I'm not going to try to be sensationalize this. And uh, so right now, I'm I'm trying to figure out the latest. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Well, um, I'm going to try to get some folks to back away from the ledge a little bit, guys. Kellen DeBoer is a fantastic football coach. He um, and, and let's not forget, Coach Saban tried to get his offensive coordinator uh, before the year, so there's got to be some recruiting prowess there. Otherwise, we wouldn't be looking to bring him. And Dark and uh, Lane Kiffin never recruited the South until they got here either. And they were both Pac-12, Pac-10 guys. Uh, um, he has done more than either one of those coaches that we're talking about, Stark and uh, Kiffin combined when they were in the Pac-10 as a head coach. So, and one of them was at Washington. So, I I, I don't think he's a bad hire. I, I do think he'll be able to learn and recruit because, it, fellas, it, it, recruiting's not the same anymore. Uh, you, now more more than ever, money talks. And if if you have some NIL stuff lined up, that that's going to help your recruiting. It, it is. Um... Tony, and I think that's an area where Alabama's, um, you know, you got Nick Saban as your coach. That's one thing. I think the NIL, um, is something they're, they're going to have to take mm-hmm. to the next level. I, I don't, I, I'll Absolutely. just say this. I don't think Alabama's NIL, I'm not saying they don't have NIL money. Certainly they do. I don't think their NIL program is on the level that a lot of the schools that they're going to recruit against have their programs on so that's an area well, that you know, and, and i agree like it or not they're going to keep asking for money because you got to have it well gary and i would say that it's not because it hadn't had to be because we've had the, the most elite recruiter to ever right. do it in the yeah. history of this game uh and you know i i think we'll be okay you know and gary i i gotta tell you um i was uh four or five years old when coach bryant died i do have a memory of it okay uh, you got to live through the two greatest dynasties in college football history. And I'm, and again, guys, it will never be matched ever, not in our lifetime. And I, I'm a, my assumption is, is that when coach Bryant stepped down, a lot of folks said, Hey guys, you know, uh, th- th- what he did will never be matched. And it was, and, and not only matched, but possibly exceeded. Uh, but hang in there. We've, we've got talent at Alabama. I think this guy, if, if DeBoer is the coach, I think we're going to be fine, and, and, and in my opinion, because I've been coaching this game my entire, entire adult life, I think Alabama wins multiple national titles with him as our coach. That's my opinion. I think we would win more with him as our coach than we would with Lane Kiffin. Okay. That's just my opinion. That's, a, that's your opinion, and it's an interesting take. I uh, If... DeBoer is the coach. Only time will tell. I, listen, I'm with you on DeBoer as a football coach. I think he's outstanding. I mean, I think you mm-hmm. look at what he has done everywhere he has been. Even that one year at Indiana as the offensive coordinator, their offense was prolific with Michael Penix, who was a very young quarterback at that point in time. Um, so I, I think he's outstanding as a football coach. I do, you know, I do, and I know what you're saying about recruiting in this part of the country, but Kiffin had been the head coach at Tennessee. Um, and, you know, I do. 
I do worry a little bit about because you and I both know recruiting in this league is different than any other conference. That's a fact. Uh, absolutely. And, um, well, you know, but the portal also gives you an opportunity to acquire talent that way. And uh, he'll have a lot of people around here to help him make that transition. But that's my only concern is recruiting uh, in the SEC when you don't have any experience. I think recruiting, and I've been to Seattle. It's a beautiful city, beautiful campus, gorgeous right there, Lake Washington. Um, but it's a different that's a different way of recruiting there. It's a different way of recruiting at, at Fresno State. And so, uh, but as a football coach, I'm with you. I think he's you, the record, man, the record. You're, you're a coach. The record the record speaks for itself, man. The guy, the guy yeah, has well, football games in his life. And, Gary, I, you know, you, you brought up the point. Where did Stark come from the Raiders to Tennessee? I'm not Stark. I'm a Kiffin. Uh yeah, he did. He uh, See, he had gotten uh, it, 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 let go with with. He Apple. surrounded himself. He surrounded himself with the guys that was familiar. Uh, Lance Thompson being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what this coach will have to do. Uh, he'll have to surround himself with some guys that can recruit the South. And I think if you keep winning, it'll take care of itself. And I just I, that's that's what I believe. I I never would have thought he would have taken that Washington team in two years in a row and, and done and, and did what he's done. No, I'm I, I didn't think. I agree. I agree. So, you know, hundred percent. So, yeah, Kiffin. Uh, you know, of course, had been with USC, then with the Raiders, and then at Tennessee, and then back to USC, then you know, to Alabama, Florida, Atlantic, Ole yeah. So, uh, yeah. All right. And, and great stuff, you, man. Before I go, Gary, do you think Lynn Kiffin's a strong recruiter? I do. I, I do. Okay. I, I I think he's, and maybe he wasn't traditionally what you'd call a strong recruiter, but I think in this modern era of football, let me tell you real quick, and then we got to get to the break. We got other calls we'll get to, but I'll tell you what I all think right. Kiffin Kiffin's gift is. First of all, people have said this, and I've been around him a little bit when he was here. He's a lot different than the persona on social media is. He, you know, you get around him, he's he's withdrawn. He can be really mm-hmm. kind of awkward, uh, and I know he has. Someone that helps him on that social media account. But the thing, he, he understands the modern game. And here's what I'll say to people that are listening. He has no issues with the portal, NIL, and how to handle it. In other words, the portal works both ways for Lane Kiffin. All right. You've had, and, and, and the running back that just announced for Ohio State is a, is a perfect, Junkins is a perfect example. Two great years at Ole Miss. Uh, but Ole Miss has an unbelievable NIL program. Judkins wanted more to come back for a third year, and Lane Kiffin's like, "Thank you for your service." You know, <laughs> I mean, seriously, yeah. it works well, both hey, ways. Look, hey, hey, you, we we pay you, and I'm and I'll just say generically, there's a player that's being paid a certain amount of money. If Lane Kiffin doesn't think they played to that level, he has no problem calling them in and saying, "Listen, you know, you're gonna have to take pay cut, or you're well, gonna have to do somewhere else because we're not gonna." He he doesn't mind doing what. Is probably going to have to be done in terms of roster management, and I'm not sure all coaches think that way because a lot of coaches still think traditionally about building a roster and how you do it and how you handle players. All that's off the table now, Tony. This is this is like Nick Saban said. This is straight pay for play, and not only do the exactly players have right. to coach it that way, so do the coaches. And I think Kiffin has no yeah. issues with that. 
I agree. Well, guys, if it's not DeBoer, if it's Kiffin, I'll support it 110%. You know, don't get me wrong. Um, well, Gary, have a good weekend, man, and uh, hopefully we'll find out something soon. Thank you, Tony. Good call. Yeah, it's a lot like Nate Oates with basketball. The roster rolls over from year to year. Unfortunately, in some cases now in football, it's a much bigger sport with 85 scholarship players instead of 13, but you're going to have to be willing to roll the roster over sometimes, and Kiffin is very, very, very aware of that and willing to do it. All right, Ken in Dallas, you're going to be next, then Jim, Hold tight. We're going to get to the break, and then we come back more phone calls uh, as we are trying to figure out what's going on with the University of Alabama. This day, uh, I ran the clip on the sportscast the other night after the first national championship at the celebration in 2010. This is not the end. This is the beginning. Saban gave that famous speech. Well, now it is the end, and it's leaving everybody scrambling a little bit. We'll be back after this. Since 2011, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions in both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. Are you receiving unemployment? Your benefits could be at risk. Here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits. Never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name. Never answer a text message asking you to verify your account. And only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor's social media pages. Report fraud at labor.alabama.gov slash fraud. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Labor, ABA, and the station. The Alabama Department of Labor is an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with disabilities. Dial 711 for TTY accessibility. First rip. 365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow truck, law enforcement, and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our community stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this station. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. You show us everything you got. And baby, baby, that's quite the lot. You drop us all right, that's more like it. That's more like the weekend music we like around here. Kiss, rock and roll all night, party every day. And we're going to keep it rolling on the uh, First and Main Condominiums hotline at 205-342-904. we got Ken in Dallas, and then we'll get to Jim talking Bama football, of course, wide open in this first hour. Good morning, Ken. Hey, guys. Not even going to ask how you're doing. You're doing like I am. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hectic. Yeah. I'll tell you, so a lot of... I have a blog out here in Dallas that I do and stuff, and I was at Bama during Stallings and DeBose. A lot of people have just basically cussed me out 
we were taught a process for 17 years by the greatest coach in college football. Process. I thought when I saw 72 hours, I thought we'd used that process and we had already had a coach lined up. From the time Coach Saban, as I understand, walked into that building and got into that team meeting, he decided he was going to retire. That's not a process. That's a quick knee jerk to me. Maybe he knew months back and didn't let no one know. I don't know, but I've heard he didn't know until five minutes before the meeting. Well, that's what we've been talking about this morning. I mean, that's what he told Reese Davis yesterday in his first uh, broadcast interview since, uh, and I, you know, I know this. I've talked to some people that were in that, in that room, uh, when he walked in there and jaws dropped. Um, the players and the coaches did not have a clue. Uh, now maybe somebody else did, but they didn't. And it was news to them. Yeah. And he said, I remember years back when he was asked about retirement, he said when he felt he could no longer do the job. We won the SEC this year. We beat Georgia. We got the, to the CFPs. He even said it might be the best job he's ever done. I don't understand his words. I don't. And I think the only person who can come back and correct this is someone who needs to immediately come back out of retirement and get his butt back in that office and get this stuff fixed. Who do we have? We're looking like a, a laughing stock. It's hurting recruiting. It hurts the team. It's hurting. I mean, it's across the board. We have no, it's like there's no plan. There was nothing. And I don't understand it. Well, all I can tell you, Ken, is that um, everybody, I think, will relax a little bit once a new coach is named. Um, I, I do, I do have a lot of faith in Greg Byrne and his ability to conduct a coaching search. Uh, the fact that he doesn't bring in a, a consulting firm or a search firm, he doesn't, you know, involve anybody. He does it himself. Uh, he yeah. knows what he's looking for. He's got a pretty good track record. So uh, I'm not disagreeing with everything that you said, but I do think that, uh, you know, like you said right now, it's just the, the uncertainty. I think from a fan perspective, the, like you said, the suddenness of it all. I mean, there was no reason Wednesday morning to, for anybody well, to wake up and think Nick Saban wasn't going to be no, the head football well, coach anymore. Well, my biggest question out here has been to some of the guys who graduated from the university. It's been the season was over. Why did we have to announce it right now? If he knew, why didn't he go to, why didn't he go to Coach Byrne and just say, hey, Greg, two months I'm out of here. So we need to be getting some things in place. That's what I just can't understand. So I go from that to thinking who they've talked to or whatever. And I'm just thinking at this point, I agree with everything you said about Lane Kiffin. Look where he has brought that program from. He knows how to do it, the NIL with the portal. He sure He's does. The king. Go over there to Oxford, get him a check right now before they sign some stupid contract and get him over there. Go get Kiffin or at least get Mike Norvell. But I do think if we bring DeBoer from Washington, that's a whole different culture. And they're got Kirby Smart, Lane Kiffin. They'll eat him alive. And, um, uh, Guys, y'all have a great show. I enjoy it every morning, and uh, y'all do a super job. And I know we'll be fine. We will. Thank you but so much, But after going Ken. through uh, Dubose, I don't want to see that again. <laughs> 
Well, nobody does, my friend. Nobody, nobody does. But the program should be in pretty good shape. But uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a transition, and we're all just going to have to, you know, nothing remains the same. Uh, change is the only constant, and it took 17 years, which is about probably 12 or 11 or 12 more than what people thought he would stay. But it, you know, as I said earlier, you know, I, I ran that little speech, the little clip. This is not the end. This is the beginning. Uh, that was in 2010 after he won the first national championship, but now. Now it is the end. And, uh, you know, it's inevitable that there's going to be some angst and some stress and some some nerves, but uh, they'll get a they'll get a coach in here. Hey, thank you, Ken. Going through it all. Thank you, guys. Yes, sir. All right. Let's get to uh, Jim out there on the first domain kind of names hotline. Good morning, Jim. Hey, what's going on? Hey, man. Hey, I agree with Tony called a while ago. I mean, I think the Washington coast would be the best choice. I mean, if you go by resume, I mean, I think you can't overthink it. I mean, land, you look at Landon, he's got too short of a track record, two years. And what did he do this year? He lost twice to the same team that kept him out of the playoffs. So that, you know, how good is that? You know, he couldn't make enough adjustments to beat him the second time around. Um, Sarkeesian, I mean, what's his overall record? Of, like under sixty percent. I mean, look at the track records. What? Why? You know, this this guy's won at multiple schools. I know it's you know not this part of the country, but he's going to have assistant coaches. Just get coaches that can recruit. You know, and and like Tony said, it is a different recruiting. You know, you know, thing now. You know, the, with the NIL and stuff. You know, but um. I just, you know, I think Reese would be desperation. I mean, he has no track record. If they hired him, he may turn out to be the best coach. But I'm just saying, it would make me think if they just couldn't get anybody. Well, listen, he's, uh, yeah. he, you're right. I mean, he's, he's young. He's 31 years old. Now he's got a ton of experience for a 31 year coach at Notre Dame as well, but he's never been a head coach at any level. So, uh, but I, you know, I, again, I don't know, Jim, as I sit here this morning, who the new coach is going to be. I've got a lot of information. I'm getting my phones blowing up with texts, but, but people are saying different things. You know, I get a text from one person. They say, this is going to be this guy. I get a text from somebody else. It's going to be this guy. So I really don't know. I, I I do think that uh, this is the University of Alabama. Um, Nick Saban, uh, you know, is is still going to have an office in Bryant Denny Stadium. I think Greg Burns, a top notch AD. So I think they'll hire a coach that they believe, uh, or and I should say, Burn really, because he's going to be the next hire. I think Burn a hire a coach that he can think that he believes can do the job. I don't think he'll hire one that he doesn't think can do it. And I know that sounds simple. Yeah, of course he's going, but kind of what you're speaking to, Jim. I mean. Um, you know, there's a lot that goes into hiring a coach, but I don't think you ever hire a coach thinking he can't do the job. And if there if there are more minuses to hiring that coach than pluses, I don't think Greg Byrne's going to hire him. So all I'm saying is I'm going around the world to say if they hire Tommy Reese, if Greg Byrne hires Tommy Reese, he hires Tommy Reese because he thinks he can get it done. So, you know, we'll yeah, see. Yeah, there's no guarantees. I mean, and, you know, you can't blame somebody, even an athletic director. I mean, you can't always be right. You know, you make That's right. Go, yeah. You know, Sometimes so, you, so, but, yeah. I, but the only thing I'm saying is you just go by what most people go by when they hire someone. You look at the resume. Oh, listen, Kalen Boer, absolutely. Kalen yeah. Boer's yeah. never lost many football games in his life. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah, I he mean. hadn't lost many games. Uh, yeah. and I, and I think everybody agrees on that. I do think the concern is, you know, we saw Brian Harson come in from Boise and he just got eaten alive on the recruiting trail. Uh, and I'm not saying that would happen with Kalen DeBoer. I do though, Jim, think that coaching at Indiana, 
coaching at the small school ranks in, in you know in the Dakotas, coaching at Fresno State, coaching at the University of Washington. Uh, that's you know you coach you can coach you know if you can coach there you can coach at Alabama, but yeah, the, the player acquisition school. the player acquisition model for the SEC is going to be different than it is at those places he's coached at. That's all that I'm saying. Yeah. As far as Kiffin now, I, I don't want Kiffin. I, I'll tell you why. But one thing, you don't need to give the other team, you know, locker room material, you know, the way some of the things he, he says sometimes. But the other thing, I don't think Bama fans going to like it when you, you know he's going for it fourth and eight on his own 40-yard line, you know, and it ends up costing them the game, you know, later on. I mean, just too much gambling, you know. I got you. I got you. Hey, man, I'm I'm hoping this thing, I really am, Jim, is wrapped up before we get into the next week because it's going to be a crazy weekend if there's no coach at Alabama. But it may not be because, as you kind of alluded to, the most important thing is getting the right guy. So you can't you you want to get a guy in place as quickly as you can, but you you don't want to rush it. You got to get the guy that that you believe is the right guy, and sometimes you can't do that overnight. You know, sometimes that takes and negotiation. I agree with you. Yeah, you can't rush it. Now, I hope he don't. But the thing is, you know, you know, this, you know, everybody, you know, is getting, you know, you know, impatient, you know. But you, you could, like I say, you're not guaranteed, you know, you know, if you're gonna get the right coach or not. Even they look like the right coach, you know. But just don't rush it, or you, or you going up your chances of getting the wrong coach exactly because you rush it, you know. All right, man. Y'all have a good day. Thank you, Jim. Good phone call. Nine forty-seven here on the Gary Harris Show. Woo! Catch your breath, Justin. Um, I kept this. I, I had planned on having Adam Amin at nine thirty. Then he had to cancel. But after he canceled, I just said, you know what? Based on the way the calls were coming in yesterday, I don't want to interrupt the calls with a guest. So we're guest free in this first hour. Uh, we still may have some time to play some of the Reese Davis interview with Nick Saban. In fact, we will play some of it. Um, and. You know, we'll, we'll get to that, but we've still got one more segment here in hour number one where we have, um, we have phone calls and uh, we can get to them in the next segment. And then at the top of the hour, hour number two, uh, we'll have Ashley Johnson, Alabama gymnastics coach talk about the home opener tonight at Coleman Coliseum. And then at 1030, the Auburn report with Brett Pritchard. So it's 948. Let's go to the break. This hour being brought to you by Alabama credit union. We'll come back, uh, with, um, Phone calls if you want to get through 205-342-9904. We'll be right back on the Gary Harris Show. On the next Inside the Locker Room with Coach Wimp Sanderson and Barry Sanderson. Tune in Friday. We'll continue to look at the Coach Saban retirement. Also look to see maybe who Greg Byrne is talking to and find out what the future is with Alabama football. Also, we'll have Sonny Smith in the second hour. We'll look at Alabama basketball for the weekend and Auburn. This is a tide 100.9 and 12.30 a.m. WTBC, the home of Alabama sports. Inside the locker room, weekdays 7 to 9 a.m. on Tide 100.9 and Tide100.9.com. Christmas tree has evolved. It will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special. Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m., get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup Salad. Salad or sandwich combo. I'll see you at the free. Wesley. 
and you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy and windy today. Showers and thunderstorms this morning. The storms could be strong to severe. The high 64. Clearing and much colder tonight. The low 28. For tomorrow and Sunday, the sky partially sunny both days. Highs between 44 and 47. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 59 degrees in Tuscaloosa. You're listening to The Gary Harris Show. Go on the Tide 100.9 app. Oh, yeah. Friday, first hour getaway song. Let's listen to it for a minute, Justin. Give it up for a second, man. I love this. All-time faves. Robert Smith and the Cure. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray, and Wednesday too. Thursday, I don't care about you. It's Friday, I'm in love. Monday, you can fall apart. Tuesday, Wednesday, break my heart. Oh, Thursday, doesn't even start. It's Friday, I'm in love. Saturday, wait, and Sunday always comes too late, but Friday never hesitates, and I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, heart attack, oh, Thursday, never looking back, it's Friday, I'm in love. What a song, what a song. You said it before, Friday's my favorite day of the week, because... Yeah, Fridays and Fridays are busy days for me now. It's not like I'm off, <laughs> but it's just the anticipation, knowing you're on the downhill, knowing you're going to the weekend. And you get to Saturday, man. Saturday and Sunday go by like a snap of the fingers. So Friday, man. Friday, I'm in love. What a great song by The Cure and uh, Robert Smith. All right, it's 9.53 here on the Gary Harris Show. we got time to squeeze in a phone call or two on the First Domain Condominiums Hotline, 205-342-9904. I don't mind telling you, Justin, and I've told the audience, I mean, my phone, my phone has just absolutely been blowing up for two days. And that's okay. I don't, you know, when people are on social media are asking me questions one right after the other in my message, messenger, I can't get to everybody sometimes. And as I said before, I can't answer questions that I don't know the answer to. So sometimes, you know, I, I, I just don't, I just don't know. And, um, I'm, um, you know, it is what it is. So, but I don't sit here this morning and tell you that I know who the next coach is going to be. I don't. I, I do think that, um, Kalen DeBoer, a lot of the tea leaves kind of bring you to Kalen DeBoer, Justin, based on stuff that we've read and stuff that broadcasters have said. And, you know, I think there was 
This is my opinion. I think there was a lot of interest in Steve Sarkeesian. I know in, on Nick Saban's end, I feel like there was. But Sark just signed his contract. You know, he tweeted out last night, you know, he was sticking with Texas. And, um, you know, he's got a good situation there. Uh, we know that there are other names that have been mentioned, but right now the focus seems to be on Kalen DeBoer. Again, people have asked me. It's only my opinion. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just what I think. You know, people keep asking me, who would I hire? Gary, who would you hire? Well, first of all, I'll never get that opportunity. But if it was me, just based on what I know and what I think, I'd hire Lane Kiffin. That's who I'd hire. You know, and I understand the peculiar nature. I understand all the social media stuff uh, that he has someone helping with. I understand, um, you know, when he was here, it wasn't always smooth sailing, but I also understand what he did in three years here as the offensive coordinator with three different quarterbacks, none of whom really at the time were considered great quarterbacks. I mean, he took Blake Sims in 2014, putting in a new offense that he had to learn as well, and a guy who'd been a defensive back and a backup quarterback and a wide receiver and spent time at running back. And Blake Sims set records, Justin. And Alabama won the Southeastern Conference Championship and played in the first college football playoff and lost to Ohio State in the semifinal. Ohio State won the national title, but Blake Sims played well in that game. He was a senior. The next year, they took Jake Coker, who was a backup to Jameis Winston at Florida State, transferred into Alabama, couldn't win the job early in the year. The early season loss to Ole Miss when he didn't even start. Cooper Bateman did, and then he took over the team, and Alabama won the national championship. Jake Coker never played in the NFL. Then the next year, Jalen Hurts came in out of Channel View High School in Houston, 17 years old, came into Alabama, and uh, Blake Barnett was slated to be the quarterback. Blake Barnett started against USC, and by the second quarter, it was Jalen Hurts' team. True freshman right out of high school, still learning the position. 14-0, and SEC champions, in the national championship game, unfortunately, Lane Kiffin was not in the national championship game. And that's where a lot of this, I think, comes from. Coach Saban uh, let him go ahead and move on to Florida Atlantic after he had coached 14 games. And Steve Sarkeesian had to take over. And I do think that was an issue for Jalen Hurts in that game. But Steve uh, Sarkeesian, as good as he is, he'd been an analyst I think it cost Alabama the national championship. And I think there's some people that probably hold resentment toward Kiffin for that. But Kiffin in three years here dialed up some plays like I've never seen. And he dials them up at Ole Miss. I think he's the right type of coach for the modern era. Ten years ago, would I have said hire Lane Kiffin? Absolutely not. But with where we're at now with the portal, the NIL, way players maneuver, I think he's the perfect coach for the modern game. All right. That's it. Going to do it for hour number one. It's been brought to you by Alabama Credit Union. We're going to start hour number two with Ashley Johnson, Alabama gymnastics coach. And more, of course, to your phone calls. Stay with us, everybody. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. 
Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Paris. Ask already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept. Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m. Available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Patterson Comrade. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Monty Bolaños. The New England Patriots have found their new head coach one day after parting ways with Bill Belichick, and it's their linebackers coach, Gerard Mayo. He's been with the team since 2019 as a linebackers coach, but he also played eight seasons under Belichick. Mayo becomes the youngest head coach in the league at the age of 37. In Major League Baseball, the Atlanta Braves have agreed to a multi-year contract extension with President of Baseball Operations and General Manager Alex Anthopoulos. It's going to keep him with the club through the 2031 season. Last night in the NBA, Bradley Beal had 37 points, including eight three-pointers as the Suns beat the Lakers 127 to 109. The Thunder crushed the Trailblazers 139 to 77. The 62-point win was the fifth largest margin of victory in NBA history. On the ice, the Panthers beat the Kings in overtime 3-2, and the Oilers took down the Red Wings 3-2 in overtime. Now, this hour is West Alabama real-time news update from the Tuscaloosa Thread Newsroom. With strong to severe thunderstorms and tornadoes waking across Alabama today. The outbreak comes on the one-year anniversary of 15 tornadoes that hit Sumter, Green, Hale, Perry, Dallas, and Autauga counties. Seven people died, and the city of Selma was devastated. Governor Ivey says she's going to find the United Auto Workers bid to unionize the Mercedes-Benz plant and other state automakers. And snow and single-digit temperatures are in the forecast to begin next week. There could be some accumulation. Get 24-7 local news coverage and sports updates when you download the free Tuscaloosa Thread app and sign up for twice-daily email newsletters. The Gary Harris Show. You see him host Tider Insider TV, Crimson Tide Kickoff, play-by-play for Alabama sports, and sports director for WVUA 23. It's time for the Gary Harris Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, here we go, everybody. Hour number two, the Gary Harris Show for this Friday, January 12, 2024. The TGIF edition rolls on. This hour, the Gary Harris Show brought to you, as always, by my friends Paul Patterson and Mike Comer. Patterson Comer Law Firm in Tuscaloosa, Northport. If you need an injury attorney, I, I, I highly suggest local. I highly suggest Patterson Comer. Uh, I know those 800 firms are advertising everywhere, and they're going to try to get you a settlement. There's no doubt about it, but they may settle too soon. Uh, you, you may never meet your lawyer in person. You may just strictly talk to them on the phone. Not the case with Patterson Comer. Feet on the ground in West Alabama. Look them in the eye. They'll look you in the eye. And uh, if even if you need to go all the way to the courtroom, they'll be there with you. And uh, remember, it's contingency. Never a penny out of your pocket unless they collect for you. Patterson Comer, attorneys at Law, Paul's in Tuscaloosa, 205-345-1000. And Mike is in Northport at 205-759-3939. PattersonComerLawFirm.com. 
No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of services performed by other lawyers. All right, we kept it guest-free in the first hour so we could take your phone calls the entire hour and talk football, and we did that, and it was fun, and we'll get back to football. But we want to break away from the football conversation for this segment and welcome in Alabama gymnastics coach Ashley Johnston to preview tonight's home opener against Missouri and look back at a terrific performance out in Las Vegas last week. And good morning, Coach. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great. Thanks. And you? Outstanding. And uh, I want to, before we look ahead to tonight, I, I do want to recap the Mean Girls Super 16 Gymnastics Championships out in Las Vegas last uh, Saturday night because uh, you took it home. 197.125 against a really strong field of Auburn, Cal, and UCLA. You have to be thrilled with uh, the performance that your team opened the season with last uh, last weekend in Vegas. Absolutely. We we had a really strong start to the season, and I'm really proud of our team for how they adjusted, how they um, were able to adapt to a different environment, a different arena, being up on the podium, being at a huge rivalry meet competing against mm-hmm. Auburn and then UCLA and Cal. Um, it was really a great start to the season and a good confidence builder for this group. Yeah, no doubt about it. But like you said, that, of course, you know, in Auburn, Cal and UCLA did the same thing. But to, to jump right into a podium meet to start the season, um, and it worked out great. But what kind of went into that decision to do that? You know, it was a strategic decision to to start off with the toughest competition because um, I believe in this team. I believe we have the talent, the culture to really have an amazing season. And so I wanted to make sure that we started off right right away during the season seeing the toughest competitors. And, um, again, I'm proud of the way that our team handled that. They didn't compete cautious. They were aggressive attacked every moment they were in and um i think that's going to serve us well as we go throughout the season yeah you actually won the won the meet fairly handily uh what what works so well you mentioned the toughness but as far as far as the competition um i mean i know there's as a coach there's always gonna be things you think you could do better but uh what was working so well for you last saturday night you know this team has really um gone in with a calm confidence approach um they talk about resembling a lion mentality and um, just kind of being on the hunt and competing on the offense and not worrying about the other competition, not worrying about anything that's outside of their control. And in fact, the word they're using is we want to be unfazed by anything else going on except for what we can control, what we're going to do. And so they stayed in the moment. They really focused on just overcoming and winning every challenge that was um, up ahead and they did that they they came out with the win and it's almost like they didn't even know it because they were so dialed in to just the little things that they could control and that's what led to a great outcome for us outstanding well terrific start and now tonight you come home for the home opener against missouri it'll be a big owl celebration birthday party uh at coleman and you take on mizzou uh just preview uh, obviously you're excited to hope open the season with the home opener but uh preview this meet and um tell us a little bit about missouri too because I, I don't know too much about their team sure yeah tonight's going to be a great matchup um it's actually a number three versus number four in the country well, there you and go so um It's going to be a tough battle. Missouri is a really talented team. They've been on the rise for a few years now. We're at the national championship just a couple years ago um, and are really trending in a great direction. And so this is going to be a tough opponent for us. Um, uh, We're going to have to be clean. We're going to have to have strong landings. We're going to have to be aggressive. 
um, throughout our lineups on every event. And so it's going to be a matchup that's important that the fans are there, that we create an environment that's favorable for us. That means loud. That means high energy. Um, I know the the weather is a little uncertain at this very moment, but it looks like it's going to pass. And uh, we are an indoor sport, so um, so fans can be comfortable and enjoy the show tonight at 6. Yeah, you uh, when you competed here, um, there was nothing like the atmosphere at Coleman Coliseum and Collegiate Gymnastics. And I know it's still good, but I know you're working to kind of get it back to that level when David and Sarah were here and you were competitor. I mean, it was, it, it was a show. And I'm not saying it's not a show now, but I mean, it was just something special. And, uh, you've got the team. You've got a chance. And we'll talk more about this in a moment, possibly to win a national championship. I know tonight to start the season, you would love to pack this place out and just set the tone for the entire year, not just from the competitive standpoint of your team, but from the fans and the students too. Yeah, we, we want to create a show. We want to have a night that people just want to keep coming back right. for. Um, and, you know, when we get that place packed, Coleman is rocking. There is no place like it to be able to compete there. And so our marketing team, our promotions team, our staff, our athletes, we have all been really hands-on in inviting people and getting out into the community. Um, our athletes actually dedicate an hour of their week, every single week, to go out into the community and just spend time with um, with kids, with other folks at different organizations. And so they're really committed to doing whatever it takes to help bring people into the building, to help put on a show and just create a great environment for families, for students, for everybody here in Tuscaloosa, Birmingham, or wherever you're located. For this team, and you've already said on, on this program this morning, you know you've got a really good team. I know in some of the preseason press conferences, you've mentioned the, the words national championship, as you well know. It's been 12 years since Alabama won it all. Uh, mm-hmm. you got a top five matchup tonight to start the season at home. Just speak to that, if you don't mind, Ashley, and why you have not been shy about saying, hey, um, I believe we have a chance to win the national championship. You know, this team is hungry. And um, when I think about last season, we had some really great moments and we had some challenging moments. Um, but I think most importantly, we we left the season with a bit of a chip on our shoulder. And so this team is really hungry for greatness. And we've got such an amazing balance of experienced senior leaders. We have seven seniors, four super seniors, three seniors, all very accomplished, very seasoned um, out there on the competition floor. But we've also got a dynamic combination of some freshmen, sophomores in there as well, in, alongside our juniors. Um, but just speaking to our freshman class, we've got national champions, Famous and Sears, Chloe LaCourcier, which they both made their debut last week. So to have Freshmen come in right away, contribute heavily to our lineup, Mm -hmm. um, couple that with some great experienced leadership from our seniors, and um, that's a good balance right there. There's a good recipe for creating greatness, and so Mm -hmm. um, we're not going to be shy in in going after it and having big goals, um, but also we're going to stay in the process and stay in the things that we can control but I believe in this team. I believe our community is going to really fall in love with watching them out there on the competition floor. And um, we just can't wait to get started tonight. 
Because it's such a tough sport and the body, uh, you know, just the whole nature of gymnastics, man, uh, strength, uh, stamina, um, flexibility, all that goes into it, injuries are always a possibility. And very rarely does a, a team go through a season without injuries. It's just kind of part of it. Uh, but right now, at this point, this early, is, is everybody healthy? Are you in good shape in terms of, of the roster in regards to everybody being available? Yeah, it's such an important part of our sport to just manage their bodies, manage their minds. Um, you know, of course, we are a sport that's trying to defy gravity all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I always kind of joke with people that, you know, we're not a ball sport. Like, a gymnast is the ball. We right. are the one that's flying around. Um, and so that impact when they land some of those tumbling passes, vaults, um, flying around on bars, it takes a really big impact on their joints. And so it's very strategic how we utilize our roster throughout the season. Um, but at this point, we're at a really good place. Um, you know, we're always looking to manage the best that we can. Um, but I, we've got a great lineup set to go tonight. Um, some names that, that people are going to recognize that they've been watching for years and some newcomer names as well that I guarantee you they're going to be exciting to watch. So um, this is a great team. They've worked hard on their culture, not just having a mm-hmm. culture, but really doing their culture, really committing to the details and to just um, striving for excellence day in and day out. So I think our fans are going to really, really love watching this group. There's a lot of heart and a lot of passion for Alabama gymnastics here. Coach, I know the, the Alabama gymnastics fans, as you said, uh, they're familiar with the roster, particularly the, the veterans and, and, and the young ladies that have been around for a while. But you mentioned the newcomers. Um, let me ask you, who are some of the newcomers that you expect to make a splash and that you're counting on for this season? So for tonight, um, Jamison Sears is is set to compete vault. She is a national champion, um, Nastia Kepliukin champion, which is one of the most strategic um, uh, competitions around. And so she'll be starting our lineup on vault tonight. And she brings such a pizzazz and an energy. Uh, Earlier this year, she spoke at the pep rally and uh, I think let a cheer at the basketball game the other night. So she's not shy in front of the camera. You're going to remember her when you see her. And then uh, Chloe LaCourtier, she started us off on bars last week, and we'll do so again tonight. She made her debut with a 9-9, and so that alone kind of says it all. Um, she is a really polished performer, really beautiful, and um think people are going to really enjoy watching the way um, that she just kind of struts around the arena. And uh, we've got another newcomer who's actually a transfer from Pitt, um, Natalia Pavlik. And she also made her debut in our bar lineup last week and will most likely do so again tonight. And um, she brings such a great perspective. You know, the transfer portal has really opened up options for athletes all around. And, um, so she has come in with a, a fresh set of ideas, a different perspective, and has been a huge value add for our team. And we've got one other newcomer, Gabby Ladany, and she actually trained alongside Olympic champion Simone Biles, who I'm sure many people know that name. Oh, yeah. And um, she has um, working to overcome a few little minor setbacks and should find her way into the lineup a little bit later in the season. But she's doing a great job as well. And, uh, again, just a really talented class. Um, some other familiar names people will see. Gabby Gladio, who was mm-hmm. the 
SEC vault champion last year and just last week she scored a perfect 10 from one judge on the floor and a 995 on the other and was SEC specialist of the week this year or this week so um you guys will you'll remember her but she's going to be another exciting one to watch tonight well, folks, it's a top five matchup for the home opener tonight. Alabama's also at home next Friday night against Arkansas. But this meet tonight begins at 6 p.m. And uh, it is on the SEC Network. Also, tickets are available at RollTide.com. Coach, we appreciate your time. Uh, good luck tonight. And uh, we'll be uh, we'll be speaking on a regular basis. That sounds great. Thank you so much. And Roll Tide. All right. Head coach Ashley Johnson, Alabama Gymnastics. It's 1016 here on the Gary Harris Show. And uh, we've got the Auburn Report with Brett Pritchard. I'm really interested in getting his take not only on what's happening in Alabama, but just a complete, really, uh, coaching staff overhaul after one season for for um, Q Freeze down at Auburn. But in the next segment, phone calls available uh, here at uh, 205-342-9904 on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline. And uh, you're welcome to give us a call. Also, we've got that Nick Saban interview with Reese Davis, Alabama graduate from ESPN College Game Day, and we'll get to some of that as well. All right, we'll be back with more of the TGIF edition of the Gary Harris Show right here on Todd 100.9 FM and 1230 AM WTBC. Crispy. As much as Innisfree has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days, or to create new memories, if you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. 365, 24-7. You'll find road and utility crews, tow truck, long enforcement and first responders working along Alabama's roadway. We're making improvements and helping our communities stay connected. We're working hard to make sure you're safe on the road. Now we need your help to make sure we're safe too. Alabama's move over law requires you to move over a lane when you see flashing lights on the roadside. And if you can't safely move over, please slow down. Visit drivesafealabama.org brought to you by the Alabama Department of Transportation, Alabama Broadcasters Association, and this state. Life doesn't wait for when your finances are in perfect order. It just happens. But no matter what surprise has come your way, Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. They offer an easy application process and fast decisions so you can stay focused on feeling good about whatever life brings your way. Alabama Credit Union will be here to help make it affordable with great personal loans, mortgages, and auto loans. Alabama Credit Union, loans for real life. Visit alabamacu.com to learn more. Some rules and restrictions apply. See if you're eligible for membership, then join today and feel good about your money. My caretaker was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA grant number 18-VA-VS-050, the ABA, and this station. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy and windy today. Showers and thunderstorms this morning. The storms could be strong to severe. The high 64. Clearing and much colder tonight. The low 28. For tomorrow and Sunday, the sky partially sunny both days. Highs between 44 and 47. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Catch every game and every moment right here. This is your home of Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and screening on the Tide 100.9 app.
by design. Because the waiting is the hardest part when you're waiting on a coach. But you can't rush it like we've been talking about. And Greg Byrne won't. Greg Byrne knows how to conduct a coaching search probably as well as any athletics director in the country. But for the fans and everyone else, uh, the waiting certainly is the hardest part. Welcome back into the Gary Harris Show 1021. If you want to give us a ring on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline, 205-342-9904. We took a lot of phone calls in the first hour since we were guest free. All right, now, this is probably going to be our best opportunity, Justin, to get to some of this uh, Nick Saban, Reese Davis interview, courtesy of ESPN. Of course, Reese, the ESPN College football game day host and also an Alabama graduate, sat down yesterday with the Crimson Tide head coach, former Crimson Tide head coach, man. Get used to that. And uh, just ask Nick Saban, why now? Let's uh, get to that interview. Let's start with the simplest question of all. Why did you decide that this was the right time to retire? Well, I don't think there's any good time, especially when you're a coach. Because once you're a coach, you think you're going to be a coach forever. But I actually thought that uh, in hiring coaches, uh, recruiting players, uh, that my age started to become a little bit of an issue. People wanted uh, assurances that I would be here for three years, five years, whatever, and that got harder and harder for me to be honest about. And to be honest, this last season uh, was grueling. Uh, it was a real grind uh, for us to come from where we started to where we got to. Uh, took a little, little more out of me than usual. And, you know, when people mentioned the health issue, it was really just the grind of, can you do this the way you want to do it? Can you do it the way you've always done it and be able to sustain it and do it for the entire season? And if I couldn't make a commitment to do that in the future, uh, the way I, I think I have to do it, um, I thought maybe this was the right time based on those two sets of circumstances uh, that, um, like I said, there's never a good time. Uh, but I thought maybe this was the right time. So there's no there's no illness. It's just the grind and the gruel of the season. Yeah, there's no illness. Miss Terry's fine. I'm fine. Um, but it was the can you sustain the season? You know, from just a, a mental grind standpoint. Um, and I, you know, when I was young, you know, I could work till two in the morning, get up at six, and be there the next day and be full of energy and go for it. But when you get a little older, that gets a little tougher and i'm sure a lot of people can relate to that what's an example of something that when you say it took a little more out of you a little more grueling this year what's an example of something that happened in the season um you know i, I think that my role um was a little different this year um i was more involved with defense had to be more involved with the defense uh, that took a little more time put a little more stress you know on me um made me feel like Maybe I wasn't doing as good a job as I needed to in other parts of our team. And um, I just have a high standard for how I do things. And if I can't, if I don't feel like I'm living up to that standard, I'm really disappointed. Why do you think you weren't living up to the standard? I mean, um, you, you won the SEC, you went to the playoff, played know, away from the national championship game. I, I know, but yeah, but we didn't get a national championship game. And I felt like if I could have done a better job, you know, Michigan would have scored on the last drive to tie it up 2020 and would have had a better play to run on fourth and three at the three to, you know, have a chance to keep the overtime going. So um, I'm always more critical of myself than I ever am the people around me because I think I can control and influence all those things. But um, I guess that's I wasn't disappointed in the season. I wasn't disappointed in the team. I wasn't disappointed in the players. In fact, 
this team was fun to coach. It was a, they came a long ways, uh, and I was really proud, you know, of the way everybody bought in and did what they did to have the success that we had. But at the same time, I felt like I could have done a better job um, if I was younger. <laughs> All right, that's good stuff from Reese Davis and Nick Saban yesterday. Right now we're coming back so we can jump out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and welcome in our good buddy Ellis. Good morning, Ellis. How y'all doing this morning? Oh man, we're we're doing. It's a it's a little bit it's a little bit crazy here in T Town. Uh it's gonna stay like that for a while. Yeah, it may very well. So uh are y'all getting storms? We keep waiting on them. Uh, they were already supposed to be here, I think, like a couple hours ago. And uh, they're not here yet. So we're waiting. Uh, well, well I'm, it's hit here. The big winds are, are awful up here right now. Okay. okay. Uh, so up here in Tennessee. Yeah, I know it's supposed to get um, more uh, North Alabama and into Tennessee a lot worse than here. But we are expecting, we've had some wind, but we are expecting some rain here anytime. But, uh, and by the storm that I'm, I'm more focused on right now is the, uh, storm following yeah, the Alabama. Storm Alabama, Alabama job. Yeah. Yeah, the head coaching job. That's right. Well, uh, uh I'm going to be like everybody else. Greg Burns said, uh, if it don't come for me, it's don't believe it. That's what so, he said. That's what he said. Uh, well, I'm waiting for him to speak. And when he speaks, We'll know who it is. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's, that's that's the simplest way to approach it. But, you know, my job is to try to figure it out if I can and find out even before oh, it's yeah, out. So, yeah. uh, but, but no, I'm, I don't know yet at this point. Like I said, I, I've said everything this morning that, that I know. I mean, I think that, I think that Kalen DeBoer is, is certainly a candidate. I, I think, feel like, uh, Nick Saban really, really, really <laughs> likes Steve Sarkeesian. I think there might have been some discussions there. Sarke, you know, Sark staying at Texas and, and, um, obviously Dan Lanning's name came up early in the process. He's staying at Oregon. So here we go. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I just, uh, and, uh, I ain't got, I, I gotta listen. To, somebody told me said I need to listen to that whole interview. Said it's pretty interesting. If you get to sit down and listen to the no, whole interview. Listen to it. It's very, it's very interesting. That's why I played some of it. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, listen, it's the only interview that he's, only broadcast interview that he's done. And, uh, as I said before, it's very surprising to me that he did not, you know, Alabama did not hold a press conference for Nick Saban to get in front of the media. Uh, but, you know, they didn't. And, you know, he walked no. in, told the team that he was retiring. And that's, you know, that's, that's been it. So, yeah. But, uh, well, and you're, to what? It's like your pick. What? Your opinion? Who would you have? Oh, I've already said if it were, if it were me, and it's not. But if I were making the choice, I'd hire I'd hire Lane Kiffin. I just think that uh, he's a terrific offensive football coach. I think he he is perfect for the modern game. Wouldn't have hired him five years ago. Wouldn't have hired him ten years ago. But for now, with the portal and NIL and his willingness to be fluid in roster and turn roster over and bring players in and let players walk and how he, you know, understands the modern um, geography of, of how, you know, football is is being played and, and, you know, the competition with it the way it is now. I think he's a perfect coach for the modern game of football. But that's just me. And I don't think he's – I certainly don't think he's the number one choice of Greg Byrne. But, you know, if you ask me, no. that's who I'd hire. 
I've heard that uh, Paul Jr. don't like him, though. So that well, I that listen. I, I, I'm right not saying there. you're wrong. I, I don't think, and I and I and I, nobody respects the, the Bryant family more than I do. And I'm going to tell you that right off the bat. I don't think Greg oh, yeah, Byrne, I, I don't think Greg Byrne is 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 asking people their advice on who they should hire. I, I just don't. No. And uh, I'm, I'm, and like I said the other day, I'm one of them that got to see, uh, uh, I'm the generation that got to see Bear Bryant through the hard times, through uh, Coach Dolan, and now the, the era of uh, Nick Saban. So. Yep. All right, Ellis, got to get to the break, man. Good. Always a pleasure to hear from you, buddy. All right, buddy. Roll tight. Thank you. All right, it is 1029. A reminder, too, that the YMCA of Tuscaloosa, no joining fee in the month of January. Just go down there, sign up, get your membership going, and uh, get get working out. Get 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 healthy. Get fit for the summer. It's uh, you got to do it now. Like I said, you can't wait to June to be ready for June. you got to put the work in now. All right, we'll be back with the Auburn Report. Brett Pritchard to get his take on what's happening in Alabama. Also, really just major st- staff changes at Auburn. And uh, we'll be back with that next year on the Gary Harris Show. Tuscaloosa's Old Colony Golf Course is an 18-hole championship layout designed by 1976 U.S. Open champion Jerry Pate. Director of Golf John Gray and fitting specialist Bob Montgomery are PGA certified. Mike Shivitz is the head professional and director of the Tuscaloosa Junior Golf Program. Call today to secure a tee time at the Tuscaloosa Championship Golf Course. Everyone can play. 205-562-3201. Old Colony is operated by Para. Houston and 11, Billy Sports Grill, located on Main Avenue in historic downtown Northport, has been serving their legendary signature chicken sandwich, award-winning wings, and handcrafted cocktails. Billy's is also the spot to watch all your favorite sporting events with big screen, high-definition televisions, both dining rooms, at the bar, and outside on the beautiful patio. Come by and say hello to Kim and Lisa, the Billy's management dream team. Billy's good food, good friends, and good time. What's holding you? Covering University of Alabama sports, as well as the national and local scene as well. The Gary Harris Show, only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Ten thirty-two. Here on the Gary Harris Show, the TGIF edition rolls on, and um, we are going to visit with my friend Brett Pritchard from the Auburn Blitz for the Auburn Report. And Lord knows we got a lot to talk about with with Auburn for sure. But uh, we're going to begin with uh, with the news with Nick Saban. Good morning, Brett. How are you? Hey, I'm good, Gary. How are you, buddy? Doing well. Just your reaction to uh, Nick Saban retiring this week? Well, I mean, like everybody, I guess, shocked, uh, astonished, uh, you know, just, you know, obviously it's a different mood on this side of the state than it is where you guys are. But, uh, I think, uh, if you look at it from a whole point of college football, it's a pretty monumental day, uh, when he decided he was going to step down. And again, I think a lot of people had thought they knew how he would do this when that day came and I think it caught everybody by surprise. I mean, I've got some really, really close Alabama guys that obviously we communicate back and forth. You know, I know you and I communicate a lot of times, Gary, on things and, you know, I had not heard anything from anybody uh, that covers Alabama, even in anticipation. I mean, I had some guys tell me that, you know, every year this time they get a little anxious uh, with Nick Saban 
uh, you know, a couple of days after the national championship game because you want to see what he's going to do. But then, you know, then they see him on a show or they see him out recruiting and they, they, they feel fine again. But, you know, it was kind of that way this time, you know, had been on a couple of shows and was talking about recruiting. And then lo and behold, that news just broke out of nowhere. So shock, shock really, I guess would be the word that, it kind of sums it up for everybody. Yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting week here for sure. And of course, Alabama's um, Greg Burns' search for a successor continues. Of course, Harson, uh, no, Harson, uh, Dan Lanning. Please don't came bring out. that up. <laughs> uh, yeah, Harson won't be the coach at Alabama. Dan Lanning, uh, yeah, his name came out, and, and quickly that seemed almost like a smokescreen. And then I, th- you know, there was some interest in Sark from Coach Saban. Right. He signed his contract with Texas this morning. Now the focus seems to be on Kalen DeBoer. So we'll see uh, where this goes with Alabama. But with all this happening with Alabama, and I'm not going to say under the radar, but maybe a little bit. Um, you know, basically Nick, uh, or Hugh Freeze, I got so many names in my head this morning. Hugh Freeze has just basically <laughs> over, overhauled his entire staff from a year ago. The latest, um, news coming last night with Cadillac Williams resigning. I don't know there's been right. a more popular assistant coach at Auburn in a long time than him. And this morning, Zach Etheridge, both coordinators. You go back to Wesley right. McGriff. Um, you know, when Freeze came in, I don't think the expectation was that there was going to be a major overhaul of the staff after just one season. What's going on with that? Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, and I do think, uh, there's more to this than, than's being, uh, allowed to be reported on. Uh, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I think, you know, maybe some other stuff will come out down the road, but, um, but at the end of the day, um, I think maybe this was something that had to be done and I'll leave it at that. Um, and you move forward from there and, uh, you know, again, uh, you part ways and, uh, I think, Obviously, Cadillac will land on his feet and be be fine. And you know, I think Zach Etheridge already, you know, going to Houston has found a job. So, but now again, uh, Hugh Freeze, <clears throat> basically being there at Auburn for a year, uh, has an opportunity to go out and uh, and, get, and get some guys that he feels confident in to coach these positions and be his coordinators and build this staff really from the ground up and have his guys. And I know Montgomery and Roberts were his guys. He went and picked them. But again, you got to remember, you know, guy coming in in January, he was trying to get who he felt like was the best out there. Somebody he had a relationship with. Doesn't mean it always works out, Gary. We know that. So it didn't work out. So you, you go back and, uh, and you try to figure out who, who the right fit is for you in those positions. So, um, yep, that's the, the biggest and most important thing right now for you for ease is to finish the staff continue to recruit obviously the news across the state means a lot for auburn right now because there's a lot of uncertainty with alabama and the players that's just the world we live in not not just auburn but other schools uh, that potentially would be uh looking at some some alabama players and in some situations that they've got going on so there's a lot of moving pieces right now and i think we talk about that a lot in college football, but really a lot of moving pieces in this state right now. All right, I'm going to respect what you said about you'll just leave it at that. And there's more that's going to come out. But from a fan right. standpoint, I mean, you know, um, it's like this to some extent at every school, but Auburn people take pride right. in Auburn men. And that's right. Cadillac Williams and Zach Etheridge are Auburn men. So what? what's the fan reaction to their departures? I'm not good. I mean, again, you know, these are two guys that are beloved and played and at Auburn and have a history and great recruiters. And, uh, I mean, Carnell stepping in, uh, when Brian Harson was let go to kind of keep the 
train on the track. Uh, you know, there's a lot of lot of fans that love those two guys, and, and rightfully so. And it shouldn't change their appearance on that. They shouldn't change how they feel because those two guys have given a lot to Auburn on the field and as coaches. And you know, and we don't know the whole story, and maybe we don't, won't ever know the whole story. But you know, there's opportunities other than the place that you played football and. Sometimes you've you've done all you can do at a place, and you move on, and you try other things. Doesn't mean maybe don't end, don't end up back there at some point in time, but I think maybe right now it's time for them to go explore other options. So, yeah. But the, overall, Gary, the fans love those two guys. They love former players. I think the same would go for Alabama and some of the guys that have come back to Alabama before. So, I don't think that'll ever change. All right, let's kind of talk about where where uh, Freeze is going with the staff. Uh, you can bring us up to date. I know, obviously, Charles Kelly is going to be a part of the staff on defense. Uh, Ken Austin, who is an analyst, uh, there's a lot of talk about Derek Nix coming in from Ole Miss. Offensively, right. let's start there. Uh, it feels like, well, it doesn't feel like, Freeze has said. I mean, listen, man, these head coaches that are play callers, um, I, I just, I'm, I'm at a point where I just always want to just say, don't, don't give up play calling. Why do you, it, it never works. Right. They always go back to calling the plays. I, I'm still trying to figure out why these coaches think, you know what? I've got to let somebody else call the plays. You really don't. <laughs> and it sounds like he's going to be the pseudo offensive coordinator. Where do you think this offensive staff is going to, going to be rounded out at? You know, we, I just don't know. I don't know enough really. And I don't think any of us do to cover Auburn enough to speak on it. I think this it's still fluid. I think you just you just hit a lot of the high points of what I was gonna say. I mean you already know it, Gary, so there's not much really uh to add to it. I mean I think, you know, you look at Chris Kiffin on the defensive side, uh possibly, but you know, he's uh, the Houston Texans are still in the playoffs. Uh, uh there's a lot of different things out there. Uh Nick is the one I'm hearing for offensive coordinator uh and running backs coach. So you're gonna see a potential there, um, and I think that may end up being where it lands, and then Austin being the QB coach. Um, but, uh, again, I think, man, as soon as you hear something in this day and age, it flips on its head in five minutes. I mean, you and I had a conversation the other day about coaching searches. You hear this name, and, mm-hmm. oh, it just seems like it's going to be this guy, and 99% sure he's coming, then all of a sudden, an hour later, he's off the table, and he never was offered the job. So I think you just have to kind of – kind of kind of bide your time and we all want to try to be the, the first to the table and uh making an announcement in this day and age but uh really you don't know anything certain until the guy makes the announcement so uh uh what we're all hearing is the same thing everybody's here well again i think auburn's gonna be better uh with with hugh freeze calling the place i mean it's just uh, these coaches that want to you know play cards they fight against themselves and it's right, really i right. think and again Maybe in some cases it's worked, but I think you, you, you do your offensive coordinator an injustice. And if you aren't comfortable with somebody, I think that's happened with, with Montgomery. In fairness to him, you know, that's Freeze right. was never comfortable with him calling the plays. And we saw this a lot with Malzahn. I mean, like I said, learn your lesson. I think Auburn's going to be much better with Hugh Freeze just going ahead and, and, well, and obviously calling the plays. It, it well, obviously it hadn't worked. Auburn's only returned an offensive coordinator in back-to-back years once since 2016, and that was Tip Kelly in back-to-back years. Ever since, Auburn's had a different offense coordinator every year. So, and every, it seems like Gus Malzahn had a problem with that. He could never make a decision. Brian Harson wasn't there long enough to really impact or, you know, there was mm-hmm. too much turnover there to really compare. But then now 
Gus Mal- I mean, now Hugh Freeze is here, and it seems like he's going through the same things that Gus Malzahn was going through. He couldn't ever make a decision, never was happy, wanted to turn the reins loose, maybe to go and, and put attention on other things. But at the end of the day, your judge don't wins and losses. Mm-hmm. And all this other stuff is great, but if you can't win, it doesn't matter. So I think you got to put your attention and focus on that, and I think you're right. I think uh, he's not going to be happy with himself and the results, and ultimately he's the one responsible. Mm-hmm. So he's going to take the responsibility of calling the play. Yeah, I, I was just really surprised last year when he he, he didn't. But right. uh, but right. that's, you know, he will now. And defensively, obviously, right. Um, right. Charles Kelly's going to be a big part of this defensive <laughs> staff. Do you think he'll, he'll be the coordinator? Um, you know, what's happening on that side of the ball? I do. I think I do think he'll be the defensive coordinator. Now I know T. Rob is still at Alabama, but uh, I know that there's an opportunity there. Auburn's still. I think in reaching out to him, there's a possibility there. I just mentioned, uh, you know, uh, the guy from Houston Texans, and you know, I think there's a possibility there. But they're in the playoffs. There's still a lot going on there. So uh, I think there's still, you know, a lot to be determined there. I think Auburn's, you know, working feverishly to try to get all this fixed and, and in place as soon as possible, no different than Alabama trying to find a head coach and trying to get that to the finish line as fast as possible. All right, interesting times, but I think that's, uh, you know, I've had off-air discussions. I think interesting times are just going to be the constant now with, with college athletics, particularly college football. I mean, we're right. sitting here in, in January, and, and next January we may be – discussing all these schools and, and how much change, things change, things are going to change a lot from year to year, Brett. That's just the way it is, whether we like it or we don't like it. And, you know, that's why I've said earlier, if I were Alabama and I'm not, if I were Greg Byrne and I'm not, I'd hire Lane Kiffin. I just think Lane Kiffin um, gets it as far as maybe five years ago I wouldn't hire Lane Kiffin, but I think right now right. with the portal and NIL and his willingness to, to rework rosters, um, and, you know, again, I don't know if that's what, Played a big factor in Nick Saban uh, retiring, but I I feel like it did. I think the inability to have roster structure and assistant coaching coming and going. I mean, you're either going to adapt to this and embrace it, or I think you're going to struggle because the days of signing a kid and him staying four or five years if he's not a major player are just they're over. Brett, they're over. You got to be willing yeah, I, to reshape these rosters from year to year. And a lot of these five stars you sign in December, two or three years from now, you're going to be playing against them. That's a fact. That's, that's exactly right. And I think the only constant left in college football is change. <laughs> I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but that, that's, right. that's the truth. You, you better understand, uh, that that's going to happen every year. And you got to figure out how to navigate all these moving pieces and the, and the coaches and the, and the programs that learn how to do it the best and, and the fastest will be the ones that are the most successful. All right, uh, let's move to basketball because Auburn's got a really good basketball team. Uh, we talked about it last week to put a beat down on, on Arkansas and Fayetteville and then came home and, you know, was, you know, A&M got embarrassed at home by LSU. They were going to be ready to go and that was a tight game, but Auburn, you know, closed them out down the stretch. So fast right. start for the Tigers and, and, uh, you said last week SEC championship contender and they certainly appear to be, uh, to be that. They do, uh, Gary, I think, uh, and we knew this team had a chance to be pretty good. And uh, they're deep. You know, I don't think there's a superstar on this team. But uh, I go back to the 2018-2019 season when we would look down the box score after every game and you'd see seven or eight guys that really contributed in the game. And it wasn't just one or two. And 
uh, that's been some of Bruce Pearl's better teams. And, uh, you know, he's had some really, really good teams during that, but between now and then, but those are some really good teams. Obviously, one of them went to the Final Four. And right now, that's what you're getting. Right, Jalen Williams seems to be the constant every night, but it could be Chad Baker-Mazar. It could be Janai Broom. It could be Trey Donaldson. Uh, it could be Aiden Holloway. It could be a combination of those guys. Obviously, Katie Johnson playing really well right now. and He's embraced his new role coming off the bench. Um, you're getting good production. Uh, from uh, Cardinal when he comes in the game. You know you know what you're going to get from him. You're going to get a lot of defensive effort. You're going to get a lot of intensity. He's not going to get the 12 to 14 minutes a game, but he's going to give you 12 to 14 hard minutes out there, and he's going to probably pour in four to six points a game. But Auburn, these guys seem to have embraced their roles, and they play well together, and they've got a good chemistry. And, you know, again, in basketball, Gary, with all the turnover and change from one year to the next, basically – flipping your entire roster, I think the teams that can gel mm-hmm. and get that chemistry the quickest are the ones that we see make the deepest runs in the uh, in, in March. And I think this team's got an opportunity. I think this conference is as balanced as we've ever seen. I think there's eight to nine teams that we could be sitting there legitimately saying have a chance to go to the uh, NCAA tournament when all the dust settles. So it's going to be a fun year, but I think Auburn is definitely one of the top three or four teams in this league. Now, I don't know what that means as far as a record, because I think you're gonna you're gonna suffer some losses. But I think you and I've said it before: if you want to be at the top of this conference, you have got to win your games at home, and you got to go on the road, and you gotta you got to go in some really tough environments, and you got to get your fair share of those wins on the road too, if you want to have a chance to win the conference. Tomorrow, five o'clock, Neville Arena, LSU comes in. You know, on paper, Auburn should win this game, and if you looked at it, you know, just. A week or so ago, you probably said it'd probably be a blowout, but all of a sudden, LSU won at A and M, and then they held off Vanderbilt at home. They're they're two and zero. Again, like I said, you know the LSU's, the South Carolinas, uh, those teams are the the reason why you're talking about eight nine teams possibly being in uh, March Madness if they keep this up. I mean, there's some surprise teams in this league right now. You better not sleep on anybody. Uh, I mean, that Texas A and M team. Uh, that Auburn played a couple of nights ago. Very good. You know, Auburn snapped a three-game losing streak to them in Neville Arena, and they came in and played the same type of Buzz Williams basketball. Very physical. Uh, got after you out on the perimeter. Uh, fortunately, they didn't they didn't make their shots outside like they've been, you know, like they've done in the past, and I think Auburn had a lot to do with that. But going back to this game coming up Saturday, guys, you better come ready to play. Mm-hmm. This LSU team is rejuvenated. They're renewed. I mean, um, it's going to take a good effort. But, again, uh, tough to come into Neville Arena. Don't care who you are. It's a great environment, and it's tough for opponents. Well, man, great stuff. Uh, good conversation. I always enjoy it. I know uh, uh, this state's buzzing right now in, in, you know, with football, with what obviously was saving retirement, with all that's going on at Auburn, and uh, the Auburn Blitz should be, uh, should be uh, fun. Yeah, we're not running out of things to talk about <laughs> right now for sure. <laughs> all right. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. All right. It's 1049. We'll take a break. We'll come back and get a phone call in here before we close out the show. And um, we'll have uh, another segment to get you ready for Miller's Edge. We'll be right back after this. Catch Christian and Corey Miller every weekday here on Tide 100.9. What's going on, guys? Christian Miller with the Miller's Edge here. Make sure you join us tomorrow, Friday, as we have a free-for-all Friday. Continue to take your phone calls. 
as we discuss Nick Saban's retirement. Who will the next head coach be? Will we have an answer? We'll find out hopefully today right here on the Miller's Edge. Tune in 11 to noon to hear Christian and Corey Miller break down everything from college to the pros on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama sports. Yeah. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy and windy today. Showers and thunderstorms this morning. The storms could be strong to severe, the high 64. Clearing and much colder tonight, the low 28. For tomorrow and Sunday, the sky partially sunny both days. Highs between 44 and 47. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 60 degrees in Tuscaloosa. As much as industry has evolved, it will always be that place to escape and have a good time. Whether it's for a game day weekend, to reminisce on college days or to create new memories. If you're looking for a good time, there's only one thing to do. Head to the free at 1925 University Boulevard. And don't forget about the Lucky Lunch Meat and 3 special Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. Get a meat and 3 vegetables for just $8.49. Or for a lighter appetite, try the Lucky Lunch Soup, Salad, or Sandwich Combo. I'll see you at the free. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. All right, you hear that song, you know we're winding it down for another week here on the Gary Harris Show. 1051, but we are not done yet. We're going to jump out on the Krispy Kreme Donuts hotline and welcome in Anand to the program. Good morning, Anand. Uh, good morning. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Hey, uh, you, know, I, I, you know, everybody's eagerly uh, waiting this head coach. Yep. Coach, uh, yeah, but uh, we don't even have a defense corner either, right? Well, really, to be honest with you, Anand, when you're bringing in a new head coach, uh, you, you, the staff, you may not have any of those guys. I mean, a lot of it yeah. will have to do with, with who the new head coach wants to hire. So, yeah, right now, even though you have coaches working in the facility, uh, they don't know what their futures are going to be. Yeah, and Alabama had already uh, lost its defensive coordinator in Kevin Steele, who um, is retiring. So, uh, But once you get the new coach in, then everything kind of comes together on the staff. You have to get the head coach first but yeah right now i mean i get that but i'm just saying also we we need a you know defensive coordinator so it's just not just a head coach yeah but what i'm saying is even if you had a defensive coordinator in the building you might not have a defensive coordinator after you hire the head coach that's what i'm saying it really right now it it, you know all those guys jobs are you know they know they understand the profession i mean they don't know if they're gonna have jobs or not so my point is it really doesn't matter that you don't have a defensive coordinator now, another severe weather update from the Town Square Media of Tuscaloosa Weather Center. D.C. in the Town Square Media Weather Center on 95.3 The Bear, Tide 100.9 and 1230 AM WTBC. Praise 93.3, 92.9 WTUG, MeTV FM 97.5. Catfish 100.1, Alt 101.7, and 105.1, The Block. A special weather statement from James Spann and our severe weather team. Strong thunderstorms will impact Tuscaloosa and Pickens County through 1130. Uh, Just about 15 minutes ago. Doppler radar tracking strong thunderstorms along a line extending from six miles north of Gordo to near West Green. These wind gusts are pretty significant, 55 miles per hour, which, of course, is where the damage can come. Locations impacted include Tuscaloosa, Northport, Gordo, Reform, Holt, Brookwood, 
Coaling, Coker, Samantha, McFarland Mall, the Mercedes-Benz Amphitheater, Tuscaloosa Regional Airport, Bryant-Denny Stadium, and Shelton State Community College. So just repeating once again, strong thunderstorms impacting Tuscaloosa and eastern Pickens County through 11.30 a.m. And again, the wind gusts are really what... uh, we're concerned about as some of these are up around 55 miles per hour. We will keep you updated on any, any severe weather happenings right here on these great Town Square Media Tuscaloosa radio stations. Uh, all right, we'll be back with more DC in the Town Square Media Tuscaloosa Weather Center. Last year, you know, we we didn't know what was going to happen. That's right. The quarterback situation yep. and, and and if the receivers were going to catch the ball, were they going to drop it? I mean, you know, and uh, they went pretty far. So, um, like I said, I, I, I'm just uh, I, you know, just like you, everybody's waiting. But uh, I just want to, I just want August to get here, uh, September to get here to see that uh, crimson and white back on. <laughs> we do. Hey, thank you, Anna. Great call. All right, thanks, man. All right, Bye. it is uh, 10.55. We're winding it down. And um want to thank our callers today. Listen, um, it is what it is. Everybody's anxious, and we know that. But Greg Byrne has got, you know, it's kind of like relationships. It shouldn't be about the next one. It should be about the right one, you know. And you know what I'm talking about. There are a lot of people there. They're always just, it seems like, waiting for the next one. It's not to say, hey, man. Okay, I like you. You like me. Let's jump into a relationship. But they don't put a lot of research into it. It's more important to find the right one. And I think that's the the charge for, for Greg Byrne is, you know, there's a lot of them out there. You know, people I always get kicked. Well, I don't know that they can find anybody who wants to follow. Yeah, you can find somebody who wants to follow Nick Saban. I promise you. <laughs> you know, I promise you you can't. The key is find the right guy. And sometimes you can't do that overnight. All right, it's 1056. That's going to wrap it up. This hour has been brought to you by Patterson Comer Attorneys of Law. I'm going to continue to remind you. Um, Fourth and Milrow, print by Greg Gamble, available at T-Town Menswear and T-Town Gallery in the University Mall. Catch me on TV tonight with the local sports on WVUA 23. Enjoy the weekend. Will we have a coach today, tomorrow, Sunday? We'll find out. But we'll be back on Monday morning to talk about it at 9 a.m. Right here on Tide 100.9 FM and 1230 a.m. WTBC.